Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. My name is Captain Zach, and in this week's episode, I speak with Kelsey Walaszewski of Moi Moi Market, the Talking Story podcast, and a captain on the Big Island of Hawaii. It was a pleasure having Kelsey on the show and learning all about how humpback whales show signs of altruism. That and much, much more on this episode of the Beyond the Buoy podcast, so stick around and enjoy the show. Well, Kelsey, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. It was a pleasure, you know, connecting with you online and and great to talk to you. So welcome to uh, Beyond the Buoy, Kelsey. Thanks, Zach. It's good to be here. So, Kelsey, you are, you're many things, right? So you're a, you're a captain, you're a educator, right? Through your podcast, the Talking Story podcast. And, you know, I think you're just an ocean lover, like, you know, everyone else who's been on this show. So, uh, it's just nice to connect with someone that is, you know, like-minded and, and kind of on the share, same path to some degree. Thanks, Zach. I feel the same way about you. So I was so excited to hear about your podcast. And yeah, I feel like we share the same heart. Yeah, for sure. So um, I know, I guess we, why don't we just jump right into it and talk about, you know, your, your life on the water? Because as a captain, you know, it's a really unique, uh, and my, myself being a captain as well, it's very unique uh, occupation to have, and especially in Hawaii. I mean, out, out of all the yeah, places, absolutely. right? Yep, for sure. Yeah, I love talking about becoming a captain, and I'll share a little bit about why. Um, one, I am a woman captain here in Hawaii, and I always say, I don't know if there's any other women captains out there listening, but when people come on your boat and they look at you, they're kind of like, oh, where's the captain? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And I feel there's a lot of pride as a, as a woman captain. And I have so much fun. I've been a captain for going on seven years. I've been in the boat world for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. And All I right. started as a part-time deckhand. So I actually, I live here on the big island of Hawaii. And when I found out about the job, I was living in Hilo at the time, and mm-hmm. the job was in on the west side, which is about an hour and a half to two-hour drive. But when this job opened up, I was like, what? Something on the ocean? I've loved boats ever since I was a little girl. Um, I, you know, We take people out to go see humpback whales, and that is, uh, I've always been really passionate about humpback whales. So anyways, I would have done anything and I did whatever it took to just keep the job and Mm -hmm. if that meant taking the bus over or driving myself at five o'clock in the morning to make sure I was there on time that's what I was doing so starting from part-time deckhand to a full-time wahine captain and business manager for this whale watch operation out of Puaco it has been a dream come true I love the whales I love the ocean and another aspect of being a captain is just meeting people from all over the world I tell folks on my boat I said the reason why they haven't gotten rid of me yet is because every day is different mm-hmm. and you don't expect the same whale activity or dolphin activity you don't, don't expect the same group of people and the weather's always different so every day I wake up just going what is today going to be and what what's today going to bring Right. No, and I I totally agree. And, you know, and it's interesting because, right, being a female captain, that's something very different for a lot of people. And and in many ways, I can kind of relate to that. And and the reason why is because I'm a young guy, right? I'm I'm not not the oldest captain out there. I'm only 23. And when I was working in Hawaii, I was at the time I was 22. So all of a sudden, you know, I moved to this new place and it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. 
and all of a sudden you're thrown into, all right, I got to get a job. And with the, the things I had done back on the mainland here in Rhode Island, I was able to get my 100 ton pretty easily. Wow, so, that's great. Yeah, I got my 100 ton STCW license, so a bunch of licensing that when I got there, I was pretty well prepared. And I got put in the position of, of lead captain at the snorkel uh, company, uh, Kona Snorkel Trips, located in Kona. So it just became this thing where, you know, the, the magnifying glass was kind of on you. And people, like, like you said, they step on the boat and they're like, oh, where's the captain? You know? <laughs> And they're pointing to the crew and I'm like, no, 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 look towards me, you know. Um, but and, and you're right, you know, being a captain above all, I always found it the the most fun for me was meeting all the people, you know, yeah. and just from around the world. Like you, I've met more people from, you know, places like Kuwait and Japan and Korea and all every state in the United States. And in fact, the, the first charter that I did, some of the people were from Warwick, Rhode Island, which is the town right above where I was from. So it's super, it was super interesting to find out that the world is a really small place and to be able to provide yeah. someone with such an awesome experience. So I think we're on the same wavelength when it comes to that. Oh, love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, tell us a little about the, the operation out in, uh, out in Hawaii and where you're at. And also, were you, uh, have you grown up on Hawaii or where are you from? Yeah, good question. So I'm a Colorado girl, born and raised Colorado. Oh, mountain. I love, I know, I was Mountain just goat. there actually. No way. <laughs> Visiting family for about three weeks in May, and I was like, okay, I love, love, love Colorado. Love the mountains, love the rivers, grew up, you know, fishing, but there's still something about Hawaii. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, even though I was a Coloradan, my dad had a job as a travel agent, and so Hawaii was one of those destinations that we would go to for his work. And I just knew, like, from a little girl, I'm like, I love Hawaii. It's just such a beautiful place. I love the culture. I love the mm. people. I love learning. I love the animals. I mean, we would go to Maui, and I remember going to, like, the whaling, um, the humpback whale kind of museum in Lahaina, I think it was, and I was like, or Ka'anapali, somewhere around mm -hmm. there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these animals are incredible. And we were always, like, you know, not super wealthy and could never really afford a whale watch trip, but we would just, like, plant ourselves on the beach and watch for whales. And I just was amazed and fascinated. So fast forward, I ended up getting an opportunity to move to Hawaii back in 2009, mm -hmm. in which this opportunity allowed me to work with kiddos, because that's actually my degree. I'm adolescent psychology. Oh, interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I started working with uh, children with autism and did that for about a year and a half an amazing job amazing families amazing kids and teachers um but a year and a half was a lot for for me and i just mm. realized there was i was just coming to a point where i'm like ah oh, i think i need something different and so anyways that's when the boat that's when the boat crazy, thing the, happened the connection between the you know working in education and the boat was i picked up a sport called kiteboarding Okay. And that, I just found a group of people here on the big island one day. It was kind of a stormy day, and the winds were strong, and they were out on the beach putting up these kites. And I remembered in high school, I saw these kite boarders on Maui, and I just told myself, I am going to do that someday. I didn't know mm. how, didn't know uh, why. I ended up buying equipment thinking I could teach myself. I almost killed myself uh -oh. in uh, <laughs> the Lake Pueblo Reservoir, and I was like, all right, I think this there's something to this and I probably should get lessons. Right. So anyways, I found a group of kiteboarders and just, they started to teach me the ocean, the waves, the winds. 
And then that was the, how I met the owner of the boat company. He's a kiteboarder as well. And anyways, got the job and just started to continue to learn the, the ocean and the waves. And absolutely love, love Hawaii. So still continue to carry the same passion. I feel like anytime you're here in Hawaii, you always are a learner. Mm-hmm. Whether it's culturally or just learning from the animals or the, the weather patterns. There's just always something to be learned from this island. So, you know, it's interesting how so much of our daily activities kind of transpire into what we start to do as a career or or as a job, you know, whichever you want to look at it. And, you know, you becoming a a kiteboarder, it taught you all the winds and the waves and how, you know, the environment works out in the water. Now, were you, did you grow up boating in Colorado and kind of get like a taste of it? Or was it move to Hawaii, start kiteboarding, and then just two feet first into the ocean, you know, working on the water. Yeah. So we just had a little family bayliner boat growing up. So we would take out, go on water skiing and wakeboarding. So, you know, but on lakes and ponds, exactly. I'm like, holy smokes, the lakes and the ocean completely different. So yeah, way different. Yeah. Well, especially (laughs) in Puaco, you know, you get that, you get that nice, uh, what really blows out of the Northwest there. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you have some serious waves coming into the bay. You know what? That's a crazy thing. I don't know if anyone would have told me about the weather conditions I would have experienced in mm-hmm. my career as a captain. I probably would have said, you know what? I think I'm good. Right. Thankfully, they did not say that. And yeah, our prevailing winds are trade winds coming from the east, northeast. And we have had 40, 50 mile an hour trade winds where it can just be absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when, and, you know, just in the minutes later, it's blowing stink. And so, you know, that's not always the case. But in life, you just, you know, sometimes things throw you curveballs. And the same thing goes for the weather here in Hawaii. Right. No. And yeah, you just kind of have to, you know, roll with it and, and, and just see what the next tide's going to bring. But what I really found interesting was your connection to, um, you know, teaching adolescents who had who have autism. And I found that interesting because what it means is you have so much patience, you know, and, and patience as a captain, it's just in general, right? Um, and then you add in, you know, six people, 18 people, however many passengers you have on the boat. And they're getting in the water at night with manta rays or they're getting in the water and going snorkeling and maybe you don't really know how to swim all that well. And it's your job to keep them safe. And the amount of patience that goes into that is it's incredible. I mean, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. I'm sure if you <laughs> talk to my closest friends, that patience may not be the word they use for me. That's no. something that I feel like I continue to work on. That's a journey in which I'm in a process in, in which I um, can... I'm trying to make happen in uh-huh. my own life. But yes, patience is definitely um, a huge role, I think. And I think that idea of whether it's patience in kiteboarding and patience in, you know, working with the animals and the wildlife and the people on the boats, um, it really has taught me a lot. And now the patience in starting my own business mm-hmm. um, that's outside of the boat company and in the podcast. So really those life lessons of patience has applied across the board to all aspects, aspects and hats that I wear in, uh, in my life. Yeah. It all kind of follows suit. And, you know, you had mentioned that, you know, your pod, your, your podcast, the Moy Moy market, but you also really kind of rope it into what you're doing out on the water and in more particular like the how humpbacks are are yeah. are 
I don't know, I guess I'm kind of stumbling on my words here, but how they're reacting to, you know, people out on the water and how you're being able to teach people about the humpbacks. And uh, can you touch upon, you know, what you're doing there? And then let's just dive right Absolutely. into one more market because that's, I, well, it's all connected. That's the cool that, thing. And I didn't yeah, realize cool. uh, how connected it was until a few years ago where I just kind of st stopped in my tracks and went, whoa. But here's for the listener who doesn't know anything about um, maybe humpback whales or, you know, you've brought up Moi Moi Market and they're like, what is that? So let me let me make the connection here so we can launch into Moi Moi Market. But um, as a captain, you know, one of my greatest joys is educating people about humpback whales. And so every year the humpback whales come from Alaska to Hawaii and they're here in the wintertime. And uh, if folks haven't been whale watching, that is a absolute must be on your bucket list because these animals are fantastic. So they come and they're giving birth in the Hawaiian waters and there's competition pods, which are the mating behaviors of the humpback whales where there's one female and she's being pursued by, I think we've seen at least 15 males pursuing one female. Wow, that's an insane it's a, pod. It's amazing. And so these males are duking it out and battling, trying to win the mating rights of the female. And so that's what people come and pay the money to see is just this engagement between the humpback whales. Um, and so, you know, we, as, as we interpret the animal's behavior, we're sharing stories. And so every year we try to make sure that our stories and our facts are in line with the current research. And a fact came across my desk and it was about that humpback whales are one of the few species to be considered altruistic, mm. which means altruism, which means doing something for another with no benefit to yourself. And so I started to explore this. I'm like, okay, how are humpback whales altruistic? So for example, when the humpback whales go back to Alaska, which is their feeding grounds, there's a lot more sea life up in the colder waters. You have like seals and sea lions and gray whales and orca whales. Well, orcas are the main predator of pretty much any species in the ocean. Mm -hmm. The transient orca whales are the bullies. They are kind of mean. And, uh, they are. They are. I mean, <laughs> I love, I love, I'm, I was a free willy girl when uh, growing up. You know, I loved my whales. I loved the orcas. But as you learn about them, you're like, oh, they can be nasty. And so these orca whales will target seals and sea lions and baby gray whales, all, all wanting to pretty much eat them or hurt them. Well, the humpback whale has this soft spot. And any time that they pass a group of orcas attacking a baby gray whale or a seal or sea lion, these humpbacks have been known to intervene to hmm. try to deter the killer from hurting the prey. Really? And this hasn't just happened a couple times. There have been 115 documented cases of humpback whales intervening on other species' behalf. And is this and during just, their migration? Or is it, is it to happen... During, like a particular During the time? migration okay. and when they're feeding. So they just have said from California all the way to the Alaskan waters that there have been documented cases of these humpback whales intervening on other species' behalf. So it's not just a happenstance. It's like, okay, there's something about their nature that they have a compassion to help another species. Now, mm -hmm. mind you, anytime they intervene, they risk getting hurt and injured themselves. Now, usually a... a orca whale or killer whale is not going to take out a full adult humpback whale, but right. they're going to put up a fight. 
And so knowing that there's sacrifice involved, these humpback whales still will intervene. And so as I started to share this fact with our guest, I started to go, wait a minute. I think that is the story in which these animals want to relay to our people, to us as humans, Mm -hmm. that we have opportunities to intervene on other people's behalf, whether it's with our time, our resources, and and or our money. And it may require sacrifice. There may be hardships in this intervention. But yet, the way the humpback whales intervene, I can only imagine when that baby gray whale is saved. I just have to think they must feel so empowered and special and you know, purpose-filled, and I just thought, I think that we human beings have the same call. And so hence what has birthed Moi Moi Market, which is an opportunity to where people can be altruistic Hmm. with their money and buying products that make a difference in others' lives and combat issues like human trafficking and issues of clean water in third world countries and building schools and plastics in our ocean. That's super interesting. And and. To be able to tie that back into, you know, your daily life as a captain and being on the water and, and being in Hawaii, because, you know, like we said, Hawaii, it, Hawaii is, a, is a place of learning, you know, no matter who you are or, or your culture, your religion, your background, when you go to the state, whether you're, you're living there, uh, maybe for a brief moment of time, long period of time, traveling, visiting, it, it seems to be a place that, you know, it, it's you have to really become part of the culture to understand it. And you have to investigate and you have to want to be there to really let it open up to you. And and it's funny that, that the humpback carries that trait of altruism because when you see a humpback, they're, they're the most gentle creatures in the ocean, but yet they can at the same time be really quick or be really unpredictable. And in, in this case, be very protective and, and help other, you know, marine mammals out there. So that's super interesting that they take on that role. I didn't know that. I, I was not aware of that. And, and having been out there and being a captain doing whale watches, that's uh, I wish I knew that fact earlier because I could have told a way cooler story when I saw them. <laughs> well, you now know? you know. So now we're I know. trying to get that message out there. I, love I know that. people people are like, okay, here's the hide and the weight and all of that of right. a humpback. But I'm like, yeah, we got to share this fact. So it's going to it's gonna build. So you can help us out with that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no. And if for anyone listening that's a whale watch captain at Kona Snorkel Trips or any other outfit, go and tell that story. Because, you know, when I was down in Kealakekua Bay, you, you tell the story of, you know, Captain Cook and how the Hawaiians treated it as a very sacred spot. And But, I, I you know, a lot of marine mammals and, and marine species take that role on as well. And they just use it in their own, you know, to a different capacity, right? So, yeah, um, absolutely. So you find you find yourself with this fact, you know, humpback whales show signs of altruism. Was there was it almost immediate where you kind of made the connection, or were you already doing Moi Moi Market and it, and it just started to kind of you know wrap itself into it? Like how did you how did you start Moi Moi? I guess it would yeah, be the that's question. a great question, Zach. So I'm a big believer that there are. Um, just, I don't know what that, our heart can stir early on about some of the future things that we're meant to do. And this was, this happened for me in about 2010. Um, I was, gosh, I think I was journaling. I'm a big journaler. So I was Mm. journaling something and I've always been drawn to the issue of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. I just think it's a horrendous thing. And I I've just 
tried to, you know, figure out what I could do to help combat it. I'm only one person and this is a huge global issue. You know, well, how am I going to make a difference? Right. And so I met with a gal who was actually an alum from my college. I graduated from Bethel College in Mishawaka, Indiana. Okay. And this gal had graduated a few years before me, but we actually met in on the Big Island. Um, this was back in 2007 when I did an internship here on the islands for uh, youth ministry. And so this gal named Jenny McGee, she was working in Southeast Asia and helping women out of sexual exploitation there. And I just remember going to her and being like, how are you doing this? And she said, well, I created a business to make jewelry. So I help employ women from the brothels and get them to a job of making jewelry. And once they are working for my company, we're providing therapy and other related services to meet their needs to mm -hmm. help them become whole again. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And so I thought, wow, just through jewelry making, this gal is helping this issue in Southeast Asia. And I just wrote in my journal, I think I'm going to help Jenny McGee sell more jewelry. So in 2018, I'm already a boat captain. I, I'm a business manager. My career's going strong, but yet there's something in my heart that's like, there's more, there's more. Mm. So I was like, I think I need to go to Southeast Asia and I think I need to meet with this Jenny McGee. And I did and met with her. I thought I was going to write an article because I do that on the side. I like to write articles about different things going on in the world. Uh, my favorite article I wrote was about the Ebola crisis in Liberia. And so I met with Jenny thinking I'm going to write this article. And I, after I interviewed her, I said, Jenny, I don't think I meant to write an article necessarily. I think I'm going to start a business. And so that was May of 2018. I told her, give me five months and I'm going to create a business in Hawaii that will help you sell more jewelry. Hmm. Well, since I met her in 2007 and fast forward, this is 2018. So 11 years later, she had already helped 140 women out of sexual exploitation just through jewelry sales. Wow. And I thought, wow, every person who is purchasing a piece of jewelry from Starfish Project is really going to war, is being altruistic, is intervening on this woman's behalf and giving her an opportunity of hope in the future. Right. And I want to be a part of that. And so as I started to create a business, just thinking I'm going to help sell Starfish Project jewelry, started to realize there are so many brands, so many companies that really are making a difference in other people's lives, whether they're addressing the issues of sexual exploitation, whether they are helping drill wells and maintain wells in Africa or building schools in third world countries. There's a lot of people who, instead of becoming a nonprofit and fundraising and getting donors who have said, you know what, we can make amazing products and actually employ people who are hurting to make these products in which we are going to sell and provide fair jobs and provide an alternative way to, to live life. And so we just decided to become a one-stop shop at Moi Moi Market to sell products of purpose, mm. allowing people the opportunity to make a difference. And we want to make it easy because as of before Moi Moi Market, people would have to go from website to website. And there was one Christmas that I was devoted to going, okay, every person in my life is going to get a gift that gives back. But, and it took mm -hmm. me hours. 
one yeah. to research to find what companies are out there. I've been in the and same then, position. Oh man, and you know, it's then you have to enter your credit card number, and you know, oh, shipping costs this much, and by the time you total all your shipping costs from all these different brands, you're like, this is crazy. Right. And I thought, I just want to make it easy for people to know. That Moy Moy Market has done the research that we've talked, gathered the stories. We made sure that for sure the money from these products are going to better the, the communities, the individuals, the globe. And then we can support it, allow people to know the stories, be a part of the stories, purchase the products in an easy way. I love that. And, and I love the way how you've, you've wrapped it into you know, being a captain and, and, and covering the stories to not only just selling not only just selling a product but having someone understand what they're actually doing by purchasing that product you know yeah. and, and in the same capacity i always thought of myself as a captain as all right i have the opportunity to either just take someone out on a boat ride because that's essentially right if you dumb it down that's what you're right. doing right exactly yeah or you can take them on a, an experience where they're learning they're becoming inspired they're having an opportunity to change their lives in whatever capacity, whether it was, you know, maybe some sort of relationship issue and now they're trying to, you know, getting gain of some perspective on that. Or maybe they just weren't really aware of the the beauty in humpback whales and all of a sudden that that person becomes the next, you know, humpback whale expert that, you know, saves saves the world in some way. Right. So absolutely, yeah. And I always thought to myself, and you, I'm, I'm guessing you probably feel the same way, that it would be selfish not to tell that story, you know, right. and, and yeah. give that experience. And it's really interesting how you've wrapped it into Moy Moy and done the same exact thing. You've created a platform for people to tell their story and, and to tell the, that, hey, we're doing something good and you can help support that. And I think, in a, and based on what I've, you know, I've listened to a few of your sh episodes as well, the last one that I listened to called Enough, which for anyone listening is an awesome episode. I think it really, um, you know, speaks true to what's going on today. You know, if you want to make change and you want to make difference from in, a, in an ocean perspective, um, vote with your wallet, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you got to, that's your vote. You know, that's go around and purchase products that are meaningful. And, you know, I can I can definitely stem from your frustration as well of going around, trying to search, doing your own research and not really knowing if you're actually getting what they're telling you, you know, for since I've been a young kid, I'm always like buy USA made, you know, something that's made in the US or it's made by someone that you can you can call them by name. Right. Yeah, is it absolutely. fair trade? Is it is it someone making these things in their in their home that are just trying to get started out and supporting those small businesses? So um, I really, really love Moy Moy Market and what you guys are doing. It's Thank incredible. You. And then Thank on top you, of that, you're doing the Talking Story podcast. So which is cool. And we talked about this earlier about how, you know, I've never had someone on the show that also has their own show. So it makes it <laughs> well, <laughs> A, it makes it easy to have a conversation, right? You know, yes, yes. And just because we kind of know the, the, the vibe and the feel of it. Um, but also you kind of get it, you know, just getting things set up and I'm sure you have a USB mic and some headphones. So it's nice, right? It, it's kind of cool. But talk about more about the Talking Story podcast and and how you're wrapping everything up into this, this way to tell stories, similar to what Beyond the Buoy is. 
Yeah, thank you for asking. I know it's weird to be on this side of the mic, not going right? to lie. I'm like, I like to ask the <laughs> questions, but yeah. no, you're making it so easy. I'm like, I love conversational uh, podcasts where you just feel like, oh, I'm just you know on the phone talking to a friend. So this right. has been great. But no, thank you. So the Talking Story podcast, so Moy My Market launched October 2018. And you know it takes a while. It was a soft opening. It was like, okay, let's see what's working well and what's not. And in, you know, I think it was the summer of 2019, I was, you know, doing little pop-up shops and trying to meet with people and the different four and five star hotels here in, on the big island. And thankfully they were so gracious and allowed us to set up a little booth so people would come and you'd have like this 30 second window to just tell the story behind Moy Moy Market. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, there's a big story behind Moy Moy Market. Super it was like, hard to tell. Oh my goodness. And I'm a talker. And so after a minute, you just start to see someone's eyes glaze over and you're like, okay, right. they're just, they're, we're missing each other. And, and I just thought, gosh, there's just so much that I want people to know. I want people to kind of have the same conversations that I've had with the Jenny McGee's and Luke uh, Wrights that are just doing what they're doing because it's making a difference. And I thought, well, I'm a huge podcast fan. Like I mm -hmm. started that. I just, anytime I'm exercising, I'm vacuuming, doing dishes, I'm putting a podcast in because I'm just, I love filling my minds with, mind with good things and thoughts and ideas. And you just walk away feeling empowered. And I thought I could, I could do a podcast. I could, you know, tell the stories behind the products. And that way, if people are interested, I don't have to sit with them for 30 minutes and talk their ear off, that I can just point them to this platform and say, hey, if you want to learn more, join me in this conversation that I had with this person. Right. And so in October of 2019, I decided to launch a podcast. Now, what's cool is I do have a co-host, and that's my dad. That's so awesome. He, it's, it was so fun. I, he just retired. He's been on radio for 27 years. Mm -hmm. And so he has a lot of expertise and a lot of training in which I do not. I have the passion. And I was like, hey, dad, you want to come out of retirement and do a, you know, he's a volunteer though. But I said, you want to do a podcast with right. me? And he was a little hesitant. He was like, okay, I, you know, how many brands are we going to talk about? And I'm not sure about this, but okay, Kels, I'll do it because I love you. And so he became my co-host. But once we got started and started to hear the stories, it was like he was a convert himself. He was getting excited about mm. the stories and the reasons on why you should participate in buying products. Or, you know, we also started expanding. So we weren't just talking about the products anymore, but we were starting to find people who were using their lives to make an amazing difference in the world. And so we did start bringing in nonprofits, not just for-profits, and just saying, hey, would you share your story? And one of my favorite stories that has nothing to do with the brands in which we sell on Moi Moi Market, but it's with, we, I, I traveled to Kenya this last fall, and uh, this was the fall of, of was it, yeah, 2019, mm -hmm. and we got to meet with a orphanage in Kenya that was started by Charles Moley. And this man was an orphan himself at the age of six and ended up through some circumstances in his life, became one of the wealthiest men in Kenya. I mean, he went through hard times. He had to beg. He had to go through trash. He had to drink out of water 
um, from out of puddles for water from the side of the road. Wow. But he yeah. ended up making you know good decisions, working hard, and became a businessman in Kenya. He got married, had eight children of his own. To the world, he just looked so incredibly happy. But yet there was something that was still missing in his life. And he was wrestling with this kind of emptiness for three years and finally came home one day and said, honey, and his wife's name is Esther, Esther, I'm selling all the businesses and we're going to start taking kids off the street. I mean, I can only imagine his wife and her reaction being like, um, we already have eight children right, of our right. own. Let's I'm calm good. Down. <laughs> and um, we're very wealthy and we're fine yeah. and we can travel and do it. And I'm sorry, we want to start taking in orphan kids, but yet that's what they started to do. Yeah, and that's 30 awesome. years later, he is a father to 15,000 children. He Holy has provided crap. a home that's to 15,000 children. And so, you know, being in Kenya, I got to sit down. We got to share that story. There's not, you know, there's a documentary out there called Moly if people want to learn more about his story. But he is a man who exemplifies the altruism, just like the humpback whales, that mm. he has used his life to intervene on other people's behalf. And now 15,000 children have a hope and a future because they can call him dad and Esther mom. And they saw what was love and they got fed and they got educated. And so I just love now that the Talking Story podcast has evolved from sharing about brands, but that we are now encouraging and inspiring people that they can use their lives to make a difference in the world. Yeah, and in and, and the same kind of way, that's kind of the goal beyond the buoy. So it's really cool to, to hear that, you know, what you're doing in, in, a, in a little bit different of a way. Um, you know, being able to talk about all these amazing people, and that's what I find the most fun. You know, is meeting yeah. someone and maybe talking to them for a little while and getting them warmed up, but all of a sudden they kind of open up and you have this amazing conversation and talk about things that they probably would have never have talked about or really even thought about talking about, um, you know, on this platform and providing that platform for other people to then listen to. So it's it's been a real cool journey to to do a podcast and I'm sure you you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely, Zach. I like you. We were talking before the show just how many friends we have now through this platform, you know, that we've been able to talk and meet and be inspired by so many people all around the world that are making a difference. And that's what I love about your podcast is I've been a, a huge listener to Beyond the Buoy of just seeing the niche of people who love the ocean and want to make a difference. And it's like, yes, I just think we are all meant to have a life of purpose, you know, and depression is so rampant, especially I know, you know, that people are going to be listening beyond COVID season, but here we are in the COVID season and we've been isolated and we are out of work and gosh, that whole idea of not having purpose just seems to be huge. And it's like, no, 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 we have a purpose. We're meant to be, we're meant to belong, find your passion, live for others. I just think that is so powerful. Yeah. And, and no other time is there, is, has there been a, be, the best time possible to get out on the ocean, you know, and, Absolutely. and be out on a boat. And, you know, and as soon as I got back from Hawaii after having moving back just because of the COVID, you know, crisis, um, that was the first thing I did. You know, I went and took my boat for a ride and, and that was, that. it was just like, a, it's a healing process, you know, and, and that's what the ocean provides for a lot of people. And I want to ask, what does the ocean provide for you? Like in, in, in your 
business and in, in life? Like what is what does it mean to you and how does it provided where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, good question. So the ocean for me <laughs> yeah. is I always tell people it's my work and it's my play. Uh, you know, the fact that I, with Moi Moi Market, uh, I have been my own capital for uh, starting the business and growing the business. And so what I have made from being a captain has pretty much gone into Moi Moi Market. And so you know, having a job that provides money, that pays the bills, all of that, it's its a huge resource. Right. Um, money is good sometimes, right? It's nice. It is. It's not... not <laughs> it helps. You have to have it. You have to have it. But life is uh, meant to be lived for. But yes, Absolutely. we're not going to be ignorant in the fact that, you know, we can just do life without it. But, um, but I do, again, want to emphasize that I think that there needs to be a respect level. We can't exploit the ocean and we can't exploit um, those resources if, you know, those of us who do use it as a source of revenue, we got to be respectful of it. Um, but then it is my play. Like I mentioned, I'm a kiteboarder. I love paddleboarding. And I tell you, like you, in the season of COVID, I was getting out there as much as I, I could. Uh, thankfully, in Hawaii, they closed almost everything except the water, which was awesome of our leadership because I thought oh my gosh they're gonna shut down any ocean activities and I'm like you know when I can't get in the ocean I'm a fish out of water you know I start to dry up and can't breathe and and so you know just to be out there on my paddleboard looking back on the big island just going okay what's this next day gonna look like and what's the future and even though there was so much concern and there was a lot of anxiety just to be out on the ocean there was just peace there and I could just have my quiet time and prayer time. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's been an excellent resource of just kind of getting centered and just kind of being reminded of what really life is all about. Yeah. And I think if, you know, going into the COVID crisis, if Hawaii, if they tried to close down, like really close down the, the ocean to people, I doubt it would have worked. You know, I really, I really doubt because the ocean to Hawaiians and, and those that live on the island is, it is Hawaii, you know, that's where food and life and the culture and you know, the, the spiritual aspect of, of living on Hawaii, that, that it, the ocean is it, right? Um, so, and there's no, the island, the big island especially, you know, is just so grounded and centered and, you know, Maui and Oahu and all the other islands are great. But I feel like the Big Island gives you that balance between, you know, you can get out into the middle of nowhere really, really fast, but then you can also go to like downtown Kona, you know, and, and kind of get the taste of tourism and what people think Hawaii is. And then you can go into what Hawaii truly is, you know, up on the top of Mauna Kea or off the coast of, uh, you know, Honaunau and, and, and just being able to look back and floating out in the water and, and seeing, I can actually picture it right now, you know, Mauna Kea or, you know, Puhulu and all these, it's just, and it's, it's a beautiful spot and, and definitely a place where you can gain some perspective, I would say. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent agree, Zach. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I always like to touch on the, the, the aspect of where did, where did this all kind of start? You know, like what was, because we already talked about the story, but the catalyst, Right. And, and was there ever a moment in time, a person, a place or even a thing that was like, all right, this is what I got to do. One more market is is my trajectory 
or maybe becoming a captain? And, and was there ever something that kind of put you on the path that you are today? You know, I wish I could say there was. I feel like, you know, with that question, I'm like, okay, here's my aha moment. Right. And I'm like, whenever I look back and think of, you know, where I, I've been and where I am now, I, I just get blown away. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I love Jesus. And I feel like my faith has been huge into the fact that where I am today and where I am, you know, where I was and where I am is, it's just, that's where I point to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a divorcee, you know, and I would say, I'll just kind of, I, my life about 10 years ago was going downhill fast and there was no future captain. There was, there was just a lot of, I feel like I'm a failure. What's going on? A lot of hopelessness. And I would say that kind of pressing into those little girl childhood passions, you know, and there was boating, there was the water, there was humpback whales walking into, you know, I never just sat there and was just like, okay, I don't know what's going on or let me crawl into a hole. Even though that's what I felt like many a days was like, can I just crawl into a hole and never come out again? Um, I just would keep showing up and I would keep, you know, like for example, the kite borders, it was, you know, yeah, to, you know, when I was 15, I wanted to be a kiteboarder, realized I failed at that when I tried on Pueblo Reservoir, mm-hmm. but I just took a walk one day, met these group of people that kiteboarded and was like, went up to them and said, Hey, I'd like to kiteboard. And, you know, I'm just this little white Halley gal right. you know, talking to a lot of these older, you know, Hawaiian and you know men majorly. There's not a lot of women who kiteboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was like, put myself out there and just said, hey, this is what I'd like to do. And would anyone be willing to teach me? And sure enough, there was someone who was willing to teach me. And then that led to the opportunity to meet that person who was the owner of a boat company. And, you know, I was actually interviewing for other jobs on the west side of the Big Island. And I was getting really discouraged. I tried Starbucks. I tried Hilton. And I would say I'm a pretty, like, hardworking, qualified gal. But yet I was just getting turned down. I was not getting any bites. And I'm like, what in the world? And I was feeling like a failure again. So I Mm -hmm. show up to the beach to check to see if there's wind because I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just go kiteboard. And the guy who owns the business was there, saw me in my full little, you know, interview get up. And he's like, why are you all dressed up? And I said, I'm trying to find a job right now. And he's like, well, how about you come work for me? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, do you need my resume? He's like, no, No. I know you just come. (laughs) And that, you know, dedication to driving two hours to keep a job, to be a part-time deckhand turned into a business management position, turned into a um, woman captain. And I, trust me, there was a lot of people that was like, women, woman captain, like, what are you thinking? Like, why would you do this? And I just thought, because I can, because I don't want anyone to tell me what I can and can't do anymore. And by golly, I'm going to be a woman captain. And I paid my own way to Mm -hmm. through captain school and I became a woman captain. And so I think then that you know, oomph led me to like, why are more women not walking into their dreams? Why are more women being told that they can't do things? And again, then that points to the human trafficking and sexual exploitation world as well. And so it just kind of all ties in. And Mm. I just feel like it was just saying yes to the things that were in front of you and just kind of being in awe of 
all the things that I didn't generate for myself. You know, it was just like outside circumstances, things would happen. And it was just like, this is amazing. This is crazy. And so I just feel like even in Moy Moy Market, you know, we're still working at growth and there's still doubts and there's still like, I don't know about this. Of but course. Each and every day, you're just like blown away with just how many things continue to open up. And, and I do contribute that with when you're so focused on not just business and not just money, but when you're really focused on helping others, um, it, it, you know, things are going to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, uh, it sounds as though it's, it's such a culmination of many things. And I think some people might be able to pinpoint maybe a moment in time or a thought, but in reality to get to that thought or that moment in time, you had to do so much more in order to be in that position to think that thought and then execute on it and go and do what what you're meant to do or your passion or, or, or giving it a shot and just trying. And, you know, for me, it's just been just trying, just, just, just try, you know, that's all you got to do is try and, and being consistent, you know, yeah. just, and it's, it's interesting. I just interviewed a guy yesterday, Jeremy Cowart, celebrity photographer, mm -hmm. photographer extraordinaire. I mean, million followers. He's amazing. And he, thankfully, he was so amazing to agree to come on the Talking Story podcast. And what blew me away with his story is he said he grew up with the story of I can't. Anything mm. that came across his path, it was I can't, I can't, I can't. And if he kept that narrative he still wouldn't be where he was today. He'd be a, I can't mentality, right. but his parents. And so talk about family influence. His parents started to change that narrative for him with an, I can. And now he is, you know, traveled the world has used his photography to better, better the world. And he does not fear failure. What was crazy. He's like, you don't know how many times I have failed, but so what? I just, pick myself back up again and move forward. And right. I'm like, oh my gosh, you were talking to the person who fears failure. Like yeah, keep preaching. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, what, who is it? Edison, he, he learned, you know, 99 ways how to not make a light bulb. And then that one way that worked, you know, absolutely. And, yeah. And I think that rings true in anything, whether it's yeah. trying to become a captain and learning the ropes and, and how to tie a cleat and you could tie that cleat, you know, there's a hundred ways to tie a cleat, but there's only one way to tie it right, you know, yeah. and you can, you can drive the boat hard or you can run it soft and there's so many different ways you can, you can do things and it's just finding what works for you and that makes you, you know, the person that you are today, which I think is yeah. the sweet spot. So, um, well, you know what, I think we should, we should end it there. I think that was a great, I, great conversation, Kelsey, and it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, but Thank before we leave, um, where can people find you? Where can people learn about you, Moi Moi Market, the Talking Story podcast? Let's hear it. <laughs> All the hats. Okay, Everything. Let's begin. So we'll start with the captaining. If anyone wants to come whale watch with me on the big island of Hawaii, uh, currently my boat company, uh, hopefully it survives through COVID, but we are Adventure X Boat Tours. And I think we you know, take people out for a fantastic whale watch. Uh, Moi Moi Market can be found online at moimoimarket.com, and that's spelled M-O-I-M-O-I market.com. And then our Instagram is also at moimoimarket. And then if anyone just wants to chat with me, I am at Cap Kelsey Hawaii, so C-A-P-T, Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, Hawaii. 
And I uh, always just love to connect with people. So I um, would love for them to reach out to me personally too. Awesome. A lot of ways to get in touch with you. All right. Well, thanks, Zach. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah, it was great having you. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Aloha. Thank you guys for sticking around for another episode of Beyond the Buoy. It was a pleasure talking with Kelsey today and learning all about Moi Moi Market, the Talking Story podcast, as well as her life as a captain on the Big Island of Hawaii. I, had, I think she had an awesome story to tell, and I'm glad I could share it with you guys. So if you want to learn more about her or what she's got going on, you can check her out on Instagram. You can also check her out on Facebook, on her website, or on the beyondthebuoypodcast.com slash Market. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Leave a review. Five stars goes a very long way. And as always, work hard, do good, and be incredible. Thanks, and have an awesome day.